Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and and get get ready ready to get get med ready. everyone and welcome back to the podcast. It's Gabby here and I have another episode of our interview series for you. But before we get in, I will just do an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional and rightful owners of the land in which I am recording today. That is the Yorta Yorta land. I would like to pay my respect to the elders past, present and emerging, as well as pay my respects to any First Nations people who are listening to the podcast today. So we have another mock MMI station for you today. It is a standard one minute reading time, five minute answering time. Um, The student is Humphrey and I am the examiner. And the opening statement goes like this. Dr. Bob is a GP who you are working with in a remote community in Northern Victoria. Some patients present to Dr. Bob with osteoarthritic disease, which causes joint pain. Dr. Bob prescribes an ethnic group of patients water injections into some of their joints. And the first question is, describe some of the ethical considerations in this scenario. Let's jump into it. So I think some of the ethical considerations in this scenario, the most prominent ones that come to mind is the blatant uh, presence of maleficence within the scenario. Of course, Dr. Bob prescribing a specific group of patients Uh, water injections isn't what you would expect of a healthcare professional to actually do. Um, These people or his patients came to him seeking medical advice and seeking healthcare advice. And instead they've been met with uh, this blatant display of of harm. And in saying that there's no way of knowing whether the water injections into some of the joints does have um, any scientific merit to it, whether it can relieve their pain or what have you. Um, I think secondly, as well, the most blatant issue or the the ethical consideration in this scenario is the display of racism that's put about. Of course, Dr. Barb has prescribed and has selected an ethnic group of patients within uh, to to be treated with the water injections. And this is akin to the forced sterilization of African-American males in the the late to mid 1960s. And so this this prescribing of something that is not actually efficacious and isn't an actual treatment to a group of people without their knowing and without their consent, assumingly, uh, is quite harmful and it's quite troubling. And thirdly, um, I would assume that indeed, whether there is, the STEM doesn't go into specifics on uh, the ethical considerations, but I am assuming that the patients are indeed uh, lacking in informed consent. And so that is another another ethical consideration in the scenario. Okay, and how might you approach this situation if you knew the doctor? I think what I would do first and foremost is try to understand why the doctor did prescribe the ethnic group of patients uh, water injections. I'm unsure of if this is actually uh, the way to proceed. Perhaps he he thought of or he thought it was a culturally appropriate um, treatment option for that specific group of people. 
And I tried to understand and talk to him directly to see what was the rationale behind that. And then if there were subtle hints or blatant hits of racism, I would talk to him again and explain that why that's inappropriate um, <clears throat> to, to, to mention and inappropriate to, to practice in his practice. Um, and then if I were to be concerned about his patience and I understood that uh, this was indeed male maleficent and he didn't have the patient's best interest at heart, I would report him to the AHRP uh, or the AHPRA. Um, <clears throat> and that is just the, the manner in which I would proceed. And I think as well, talking to a confidential ethical body or an ethical advisory group would be the best way forward to understand what is at stake as I understand my limitations in my practice or and I understand my limitations in my knowledge. And I would seek the ex experts on top of reporting him to the, uh, to the relevant bodies. And what is the role of doctors in building trust with their patients? A patient comes to a doctor seeking healthcare advice. And so first and foremost, there needs to be a report that's built, that's built, and there needs to be some sort of ground of trust or a relationship of trust that's built for the patient to actually accept what the doctor is uh, prescribing. And so the doctor should be, should be proactive in building that trust to ensure that the patient's best outcomes do actually happen or do actually uh, come to fruition. How can doctors be better allies for patients who are in priority groups? I think that doctors could be better allies by simply educating themselves. Um, there's a lot of society or sociological concepts and constructs that aren't taught in medical school. And so doctors need to first understand, and this comes from educating themselves. So going to perhaps webinars, going to groups, going to reading up on on certain topics would be the best way uh, for doctors to become better allies i think as well just talking to their ethnic groups as well making sure they understand from the people themselves what is a culturally sensitive what is appropriate um, would be another vital option okay that's time Hey everyone, just jumping in very quickly here. Before we get to the students' feedback, I do just want to tell you about a really cool organization I've come across recently. It's called Commenteer. It's a virtual volunteering platform that connects, engages, and mobilizes volunteers to tackle the world's greatest challenges. It helps people find meaningful volunteering opportunities matched to their skill set and availability that contribute to the causes that they are actually passionate about. I know myself as a student, it can be really hard to find volunteering opportunities that you are interested in, that you care about, and that are going to look good on med applications and look good when you talk about them in your medical school interviews. So this is a great organization that the website is really easy to navigate and it's a really great opportunity for all students to sign up and try to find some sort of volunteering extracurricular activity that you're interested in that will help you in your medical applications. So definitely check out their website. All links are in our show notes. And now let's get back to the episode. So first of all, how do you think you went? Um, I think that uh, I sort of, I feel as though I rambled 
with the first question. There wasn't a clear structure that comes to mind. I only really could have found, or I only found two ethical considerations, but my mind was trying to scramble and try to find more than two. Um, as I've tried, I've been trying to like get three, at least three considerations in, but I think just realizing that, you know, what comes to mind, you should say would be the best way forward. Um, I think, although my answers were pretty solid and like, I feel confident in my delivery of the answers. So I'm happy with that, but just something to consider is read the entire stem and don't try to make things up if you don't like, no. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah, I often tried to get like three or four considerations, but if you are really struggling to get it, then don't worry about it. Just focus on the ones that you have and delivering them well. And I think that matters so much more than scrambling to find something else. Um. But yeah, I think you did well. I think the first question, you definitely, I could see that you had thought about a structure. Structure, You know, you said the first ethical um, consideration is this. The second one is this. So I could, I could see you trying to map it out and that was great. But I do agree you did ramble a little bit, probably now because you were trying to find that third thing. Um, but I also liked how in that third consideration, you sort of said, I am assuming they haven't gained consent and like, but I don't know from the STEM. I, I sort of liked that because that sort of, you made an assumption, but you mentioned that you did make an assumption, like like you accepted that that was an assumption, assumption and you weren't sure. Um, so I liked that actually. And I thought that that demonstrated critical thinking because you went beyond the STEM. But again, I don't think it's necessary. You know, if on the day of actual interviews, if you can't think of something else, just focus on the two main things that you've got and delivering them well um, and, and stick to that structure of this is the first one and this is the second one. Um, and, and I like how you also said like, this is, this is more pertinent, um, or this one is, is more important. I, I think that's really great when students say that, like, this one is the most important consideration because it has the most harm or whatever. Um, and it also shows the examiner a little bit about you and your priorities as well. If you think one thing is more important than the other. So I definitely, if you see something is more important or that the examiner should care about something more than the other, definitely mention that. Um, and go with that all right cool thank you no worries but overall I think you did quite good um, it was a tricky scenario um, very juicy and I hope it never ever happens in real life um, but um, you handled it well because there's there was a lot but at the same time not a lot to go off of so um, I think you got the main things down pat um, and it, you sort of came across quite um, well educated and aware, um, which is awesome. Um, yeah, there was just some bits of repetition um, or rambling that I think that sort of structure will come down that will, will help fix that. But also you seemed a little bit nervous, but you don't need to be um, because you're great. Is it because it was me? I think so, Gabby. It's, yeah. The truth is I have a crush on you. No, <laughs> edit this so much this is going on the recording good let's make it let's make it spicy <laughs> i thought that'd be the case and that's totally fair i used to get really nervous when i practiced with my friends um yeah i just yeah i think i think i was trying hard not to laugh and i may have come across as like nerds yeah 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 that's totally fine um on a scale of one to ten how much would you rank it i think well i'm going to give you a mark out of 20 
Okay. So I'll send it to you. Um, but I think it'll be it'll be pretty high because you were educated, you sounded educated, you got all the main points, um, you answered the questions because that's the main thing that I think students don't do is they skim around the questions because the questions are hard. But but you attacked the questions head on. Um, everything you said was valid. There was just some rambling, some structural issues, but that's not a big problem. Um, and there are some things that I sort of mentioned in areas to improve that you could have brought up. So. Um, question three, the question that was about what is the role of doctors in building trust with their patients? I think you could have fleshed that out a little bit more, focusing on, you know, patient safety. If the patient doesn't trust their doctor, they might not disclose some information and that can lead to, um, you know, knock-on effects for their health um, and things like that. You could have really included some more sort of empathetic statements in that, I think, um, to really just bump your response from a high response to an, an extra high response or whatever is above high. Yeah, I think I think the thing is, right, like um, there's only five minutes mm. and I'm like scrambling so hard to like get like, three, four, like all four questions in. Like I wanted to go into detail and go into specifics of that question, but I felt like I was trying really hard to, to get through that last question because I thought I ran out of time. Mm, mm. I think that's fair so like, what you yeah so what I used to do is I used to try to do less time on the first question like the opening question um, because often it's quite broad and the things that you're going to bring up in the first question will probably get asked later on anyway so you have the room to sort of don't you know not complete the question to the best of your ability but just try to, in that reading time, really come up with a solid structure so that you can answer that opening question in a minute, okay? Um, and yeah. then it's, yeah. it gives you more time to focus on the other questions during the, the answering time. Um, and, yeah, I think that really helped me because it also stopped me from rambling with the first bit. It made me get out the most important points as quickly as I can. Um, so I think that'll help you as well. Okay, so that concludes another episode of our mock MMI station mini series. I hope you learned from the student the responses they gave and how they tackled the scenario, as well as learned a bit from the feedback that I gave the student, sort of what other things I was thinking about that could have added to their response. If you have any questions about anything we discussed today or anything about medical interviews at all, feel please feel free to reach out. All of our emails and links are in the show notes and make sure you keep an eye out on our mock MMI weekend rounds which are coming up very soon see you next time thank you for listening to the making of an incredible md podcast by halide to health please like share and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast and we'd love to hear your feedback so send us an email or message on facebook all of our links are in the show notes thanks we'll see you next time